In this episode of the Paid for EDM podcast, we're going to learn about a new way to legally release DJ mixes you create, getting them cleared for distribution with all the rights holders that are part of your mix, and even a new way to monetize those mixes. All coming up. Welcome to the Paid for EDM podcast, helping you build your business and career in the world of electronic dance music, and helping you get paid what you deserve. Find the show on the web at paidforedm.com. Here is your host, Brian Hogg. Welcome to the first edition of the Paid For EDM podcast. In this episode, I'm happy to have Stephen White, who is the CEO of Dubset Media Holdings. When I first started looking into, you know, royalty distribution and copyright, I, I kind of wanted to know, okay, how can people release a DJ mix, like even for free? Because it seems like you would need permission from every single person that you play in your track. And yeah, that technically that's true. You, you would legally need permission from every single rights holder in the mix that you're releasing, which is pretty hard to do for most DJs. So Practically, you would release your mix on something like Mixcloud, which seems to do a lot less checking for copyright infringement than, say, SoundCloud. And most people wouldn't complain to have their track in a free mix, you know, one that isn't being sold. That said, of course, if someone complains, your mix gets taken offline. Or worse, there could actually be legal action for you distributing music without permission. Dubset Media and their MixScan and MixBank technologies, they're aiming to really sort out the legalities to get your mixes cleared so you can distribute them legally and even provide ways to monetize your mixes and the mixes that contain any tracks that you've created if you're a producer. And to find out exactly how they do that and what their platform is going to do, here is my interview with Steven. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So how about we start, uh, for those who don't know you, and Dubstet. Uh, Dubstet. Dubstet. Set. There we go. <laughs> you'll, probably, you'll probably do that a few times today. We get that quite a bit. We did, na- we did name the company before Dubstep came into uh, <laughs> prominence. So it, it is an area of confusion for some folks. Good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. So for those who haven't heard of you guys, uh, maybe a bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. So Dubset is a rights management and content distribution platform that enables the clearance and legal distribution of mixed and remixed content. Uh, Our goal is to provide sets of tools for DJs and artists to manage their mixes and interfaces for rights holders to be able to set rules on how their underlying content can be used in mixes, and then to create an open marketplace by which um, distributors, rights holders, and creators can interface and uh, remove a lot of the friction and barriers uh, that exist today around licensing and distribution. Uh, So making it really easy for artists who want to distribute mixes, DJs specifically, uh, to be able to do so legally. Nice. Yeah, because currently the current situation is that Technically, if you want to release a mix, even for free, um, it's you know a derivative work, so you need to obtain permission from all the rights holders uh, that you include in your mix, correct? That's correct. And the average mix is about 48 minutes long, contains anywhere from 20 to 25 tracks, 
And those are typically represented by up to 35 different rights holders. So expecting, you know, the average DJ and especially up and coming DJs to do that is pretty unrealistic. And so the the platform we've developed uh, is a, is a scalable methodology to remove all of the complexity of that and just allow DJs to upload their mixes to our system, have them be automatically cleared, and then enable them for distribution. Very cool. So how did this, first off, how did this start? Um, how, I guess you've been around for a while, so how? <clears throat> yeah, the company was founded in 2009. Uh, I was actually the first board member of the company. Um, and it started just with a, an understanding that DJ culture uh, electronic music in general was going to continue to rise in popularity, that DJs really were becoming more important as artists, and that there didn't exist anywhere uh, tools to support what they were trying to do uh, in terms of you know allowing for them to not have to think about all these legal complexities and just focus on creating great music that we could then legally distribute. And so the idea was very pure. It was, uh, you know, this is pre-SoundCloud and, you know, back in the early days of, of uh, DJ mixing, uh, in it, which has really taken off. Obviously, DJ mixing has been around for a long time, but it's just become uh, much more relevant in terms of popularity. And so we, we, at the time, didn't see any systems in place to do this kind of thing and thought it was important to develop a platform like this. Nice. So what is the current status of the platform? Like, is it launched? Um, the technology behind it uh, is there? Or what are you guys the, at? the platform launches in two weeks. <gasps> wow. <laughs> so we're right on the cusp here of launching it. We're very excited about that. Um, and what that means is, you know, at that point, DJs will be able to come in and register their mixes in the platform. We've already been sourcing mixes from some of the top DJs in the world for some time. Um, we've got over 950 of the top thousand DJs in the world on the platform already. Um, and, you know, I've been ingesting their entire back catalog of all their mixes um, so that when we turn this thing on, we'll have a tremendous amount of very popular content ready to go. Wow. So that's so they've already a lot of these top DJs have already released the mixes uh, elsewhere, either SoundCloud or what have you. So um, is this something where then the the rights holders for the songs that are on these mixes then have to go in obviously you've probably been in contact with a lot of them already but ones that aren't on the platform already that they can go in and say okay these are my tracks get them fingerprinted if they're not already uh you know define what rights they want to allow people uh yeah that's absolutely right um that the platform leverages a few technologies that are already in existence and and things that folks might already be working with. So, uh, for example, we're using the GraceNote fingerprinting technologies. So if you're a label and you're already submitting your content into GraceNote for fingerprinting, that means that we already have it fingerprinted as part of our platform. Uh, But once we launch, labels will be able to come sign up, um, you know, go through a very simple uh, opt-in agreement um, to participate in the registry that will allow them to gain access to the platform, see how their content is being used in mixes, and then set up sets of business rules um, to determine how they want their content to be used. And then there is an open marketplace component to the platform as well. So distributors can create offers um, to rights holders 
And uh, for example, let's say a Deezer or a Spotify or a RDO wanted to come in and make an offer uh, to the community of rights holders, they could uh, determine we want to you know, monetize mixes in a subscription service. We're going to offer it for $1.99 a month. We want to pay out, you know, 70% of all revenue to labels and publishers. And we want to support these four different regions. That then automatically gets sent out to all of the labels and publishers that are participating in the platform. And they can determine if they want to opt in or opt out of that program. Okay. So they would have to opt in or opt out to each individual, I guess, offer that's made on the, uh, the open marketplace. That's that's correct. And really the goal there is to reduce the friction of licensing. Um, for those folks that don't know, the licensing process in the music industry can be incredibly laborious. Um, putting licenses in place with all the labels and publishers that you need to support a service means you have to go out and you know, execute deals with tens of thousands of different organizations. Um, and, th- and that can take a tremendous amount of time. So we've tried to streamline all that. So say a DJ is wanting to release a mix. Uh, they're on the platform. Can they actually just search to see, okay, I want to include uh, this track in my mix, you know, rather than uh, doing the mix, uploading it and getting it cleared, can they actually kind of search ahead of time and see... Today, they cannot do in the first iteration of the platform, they cannot pre search or pre clear content for their mixes. Ultimately, the goal of the company is to integrate our registry and the underlying rule sets into the DJ creation software. So, folks like Tractor and Serato and Ableton and Pioneer, um, so that as, as DJs are creating mixes, they'll have the ability to view whether or not this underlying songs are cleared for distribution in mixes. Most DJs aren't going to do this if they're in the club, you know, playing for people live. But if you're creating a radio show and that kind of thing for distribution, it'd be nice to know ahead of time uh, if the content's available for distribution or not. So there's something that you're thinking to add in the future to be able to... Yeah, it'd be a future, future, future. Yeah, that makes sense. So stepping back, so they're uploading a track um, and basically using what you're calling the mix scan technology to actually identify to derivative works. I mean, how fine grain is that? I've, I've investigated, you know, some open source technologies for uh, doing fingerprinting and then identifying those, those tracks and obviously decent mixes a lot of times, or maybe layering an acapella from one track uh, and then the baseline from another. I mean, how fine grained is it? Uh, is there like a length of time, minimum length of the time that the track has to be in there? So the fingerprinting technologies um, today are, waveform based, meaning that they take a vertical slice of a waveform, uh, process that through an algorithm and come up with an alphanumeric stream that, uh, string that represents that specific period of time of that waveform. Um, so the technology we're using is the most granular in the market. We can recognize tech, uh, content, uh, in three second segments. Um, which is very, very granular. Um, but some of the things that we're, we're really excited about is some of the STEM-based recognition capabilities that are coming to market uh, relatively soon that will enable us to actually recognize 
you know, the bass line independently, the percussion track independently, the vocal track independently. Those technologies will really offer a sea change in terms of content identification and that will be able to pull apart uh, a mix into its various pieces. So today it's, it's three seconds of audio. And in the, in the case where you've got multiple things layered on top of each other, you know, we're really recognizing what the dominant audio is. Um, today, the technology doesn't allow us to pull apart, you know, each piece of the mix, uh, but that is coming soon. Yeah, exactly. So for those that don't know, yeah, the STEM technology was one of the demos at EDM Biz, I believe, where it's just an open format, uh, up to four tracks, I believe, right, where you can have, uh, you know, it's, it's backwards compatible with the existing uh, formats. But if artists and labels and whatever want to support it, they can release their music in the stem format, not only making it easier for, uh, you know, DJs to mix with their tracks and, and, you know, use the individual pieces, but also for, for people like you guys to be able to to break that apart, recognize each individual piece, and then be able yeah, to... Yeah, that, that's a little different. The, the, what they you know demoed at EDM Biz is the ability to pull apart the source content into its stems. What I'm referring to is fingerprinting technology that allows for fingerprinting of various stems of a completed derivative work. So taking that mix and really pulling it apart into its piece parts, um, using audio fingerprinting technology, not metadata based, um, is really the big development that's coming here on the content identification side. There's early iterations of this that are already kind of an alpha and beta, but, uh, Production versions will be coming in about six months. That's also would like it, you you would be taking a completed waveform and breaking it apart, or would you be? That's using, correct. Wow, that's excellent. Pretty exciting stuff. <laughs> I can only imagine the technological challenges you guys had to face uh, with that. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm sure a lot of baselines uh, sound similar to others and, and everything else. So, um, is that an issue as well? Where sometimes, especially in a fine grain three second, I'm assuming that you might get duplicates. So I guess you just keep finding other three second chunks and then going through and yeah that's part of the magic of our system and the real the real core technology that we've developed is being able to figure out you know with the kind of brute force approach of current recognition technologies what is the actual song that's being used there knowing that you might have you know, multiple songs that sound the same and you might get, you know, multiple answers for any three second segment. Um, and so that's the, that's really the magic of what we've developed is across the entirety of a mix, being able to figure out what those underlying songs are. Cool. So in terms of you know, the very large dollar figure that keeps increasing on uh, dubset.com, uh, yep. 1.9 billion, I think we're up to and it just keeps going. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which is awesome. Um, so what is, you know, that number based on? Um, is that just based on the potential, you know, once this is launched and uh, through all the mixes you've already compiled and the approximate revenue that each one would generate uh, for rights holders? Um, yeah, maybe go into a bit of how that number came to be. Yeah, that, that, that's correct. What, what we've tried to do there is just show the industry, you know, the lost revenue opportunities that exist today because they've been unable to, you know, create any simple way for derivatives to be supported. You know, we live in a world where um, creation of content is exploding much of it uh, derivatives because it's easy to take pieces of things uh, using technology today. 
And you see it, you know, SoundCloud, YouTube, great examples of fantastic services that allow users to upload this resulting content. The challenge has been the the rights administration, the rights clearance, and the rights payment and licensing pieces really haven't kept up with the explosion in this content development. And so what we're capturing on dubset.com is our estimations of what the derivative marketplace is worth. And that's based on some fairly simple calculations, looking at the active number of uh, consumers that are listening to mixed content, as estimated by IMS, which is over 650 million people uh, across the globe, and projecting out some of the information we have uh, based on our own services on what mixes are being used and what the usage patterns look like in the usage of those mixes. And so we've projected that out to the entire marketplace, looking at the numbers of you know users on SoundCloud and, and MixCloud and MixCrate and all of these services that support you know distribution of mixes today but don't have licenses in place and aren't monetizing that content. And so it's a it's a staggering number uh, when you look at it and you look at the you know the kind of overall decline in the music industry. It shows you that there's there's a tremendous amount of opportunity here uh, to monetize mixed content and to make sure that the underlying rights holders are are paid appropriately for it and the and the numbers are not small. No, one point nine billion dollars is uh, pretty decent, I think, <laughs> for yeah. an industry. So, in terms of the then royalty administration or distribution of that, um, so you're working with uh, like PROs on uh, you know giving them the appropriate amount of funds for the right holders once they're on your system, or yeah, we we are, and that's that's a really important point here. Um, that, you know, it's really important for especially up-and-coming artists to understand. Um, when you distribute a mix, uh, there are two different types of rights that you have to account for. There's mechanical rights, uh, and then there's performance rights. And the PROs, the ASCAPs, the BMIs, the PRSs, um, they represent the public performance rights, and there, you know, there are some, in some cases, statutory rates that are associated with that um, that you have to pay out. Uh, and then the mechanical rights uh, are represented across uh, labels and publishers. And those mechanical rights um, typically require direct licenses with those labels and pubs. And so what we've been doing is working directly with the labels and publishers to you know, obtain the licenses required for legal distribution of mixes uh, and get them into this open marketplace. And then we've also been working with the PROs to make sure that the PROs are paid appropriately given the region in which the content is performed or distributed. Um, and so that's another piece of you know, the puzzle that we handle through the platform. Does your system currently work with any music uh, recognition technologies to, to actually use all the fingerprinted data to recognize it when it's being played live? Or is it more for uh, ones that are distributed on the mixed clouds and the sound clouds and everything else? So the initial iteration will be around distribu- you know, pre-clearance and distribution of mixes. The platform does support live. We can. We do have versions of 
the technology that are included in appliances that can be plugged into soundboards and allow for, you know, real-time recognition of content that's being performed publicly. The primary use case around that for us is to support the rebroadcast of content from festivals, live festivals and, and events where DJs are playing and you have no idea what the DJ is going to play. So you have no way today to kind of pre-clear that. Um, you know, you see a lot of instances where festivals, Ultra, Electric Zoo, all these guys are kind of redistributing and rebroadcasting their content. That all today lives in a very gray area of licensing. Yes. <laughs> Technically, those folks should have licenses. And so uh, we hope that the platform that we've developed, that MixBank can be deployed, MixBank and MixScan can be deployed uh, in that live environment and support live distribution as well. And I guess at the beginning, they could still take the recordings that they make and then before redistributing it, uh, get it cleared. Yep, they could still process it through the, the platform, much like any other DJ, and then distribute it once it's cleared through the, the platform. Awesome. All right. So how, um, how how are you guys making money? So are you taking a percentage of these fees that are coming out or is it a separate fee? We take a percentage of revenue that's generated through the platform. You know, in the future, there might be additional services that we offer, um, you know, incremental services that we offer to the DJs. Um, and then um, there are some data elements to what we're doing as well. Tremendous amount of information flowing through the system about what content is being used in mixes and, and what content is being consumed in mixes. That's interesting information. Uh, we found some real direct corollaries between, you know, what DJs are playing in their mixes and what content then becomes popular later, um, which is interesting from a, a business intelligence perspective. Well, I can only imagine. I mean, say you've got a song and you don't realize that it's being played in all these mixes or especially once you hit the live uh, live aspect of things, right? For them to know, okay, this, you know, my song's blowing up or track is blowing up in this region that I didn't even realize. And then you can start to support it based on that. So you're thinking like a monthly fee maybe for labels or artists? Yep, uh, to be able yep to absolutely. It'd be a monthly or annual fee for that kind of stuff. Yeah, and away they go. So perfect. Um, so are there any I, normal question that I would ask would be, what would you love to see improved in the industry? And I think you guys are already solving that. <laughs> So. There's a lot of things. I think one of the other interesting pieces to what we're doing is is we have integrated um, blockchain uh, into our underlying platform. Okay. Uh, we're using that as the ledger um, for um, both storing the information about what's in a mix as well as all the transactional details of what happens to that mix, you know, who, who uploaded it, where did it get distributed, what's the usage data that's associated with it. That provides for a, a really interesting uh, capability in terms of transparency and checking the validity of that data with multiple independent sources through blockchain. Um, I think there's a lot of discussion right now about blockchain and how it can be used uh, in the music industry from a rights perspective. It's still pretty early days, but you know, if there's one thing that I'd like to see happen within the industry is a greater level of transparency, um, a reduction in the amount of middlemen uh, that sit in the middle of, you know, administering and and uh, handling, you know, rights payouts to underlying rights holders. Um, you know, for the for the industry to be healthy, we've got to 
increase transparency and reduce difficulty. And uh, we're trying to do both of those things. Um, so that, you know, that's what I'd really love to see is that the industry take a much broader uh, approach to both and, and really adopt some of these new technologies that make it a lot simpler. Absolutely. So in, any thoughts for upcoming kind of artists and labels, um, you know, to try and navigate that? Obviously, uh, the hopes are with, with Dubset that that'll be a lot easier for, for a lot of different aspects. But um, any thoughts for, for upcoming artists and labels? For well, I, I mean, I would say we, we, we continue to see a bit of um, concern from smaller labels uh, about embracing some of these kind of new approaches. Uh, there seems to continue to be uh, a feeling that the major labels uh, remain real important um, in terms of setting the course for the industry. Uh, we're finding that that's less and less so, that you know, there's a real opportunity for independent labels and small labels to really lead the charge and trailblaze. And that would be my only advice is, is you know, learn about these technologies you know, do do your own research to understand what they mean for you. Um, educate yourself to make sure you understand, you know, what's happening in the business so that you really can get comfortable, you know, putting your content um, in the right places and in the right systems uh, and, and, you know, set the tone for what the industry should be doing. No, I think that's a uh, great advice. So, wow. Uh, so you guys are launching in, in two weeks. Uh, where can people kind of get in touch with you? Um, this will be coming out after that. Yeah. That, so, that, you know, dubset.com is still a great place to f- figure out what we're doing. Um, we'll be launching with the new platform, um, ac- new access points for both DJs and for labels and publishers through Mixbank. Uh, so there will be a set of URLs that we'll link to there for Mixbank that will allow folks to come in and register their content, whether they be DJs or labels and publishers that want to, you know, get onto the platform and work with the platform. Um, but dubset.com is the right place to find it all. Excellent. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and sharing your thoughts and best of luck uh, with the launch in the next couple of weeks. Thanks to you and thanks to your listeners for tuning in. Be sure to check out paidforedm.com and let us know what you think of the show, what you want to hear, and even submit any questions you'd like answered right here on the Paid For EDM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe by iTunes or your favorite podcast app.